0: better. Oh, okay. good. So i tell you that. Um, cause she's trying to quit smoking, so it's getting there. Um,
1: That's a hard thing to do, they say. Yeah. I've never smoked, so I don't know.
0: I don't know if I told you, but my sister had her baby. Oh, really? Was good. Yeah. Good. she has a Her baby has a little bit of Down syndrome, mm-hmm. so we're still praying for her. Uh, her heartbeat is a little... Less in regular than a normal baby would. Right. And her breathing. But other than that, she's doing really good.
1: Everything else oh, great. is great. Totally
0: yeah. Great. I don't think so. Just
1: praises. Um, I've got several. A good friend of mine. My best friend. We played as infants together. So it's been 58 years that he and I have been friends. Soon to be 59. His sister has cancer and taking the chemo and the radiation treatments has suppressed her immune system and now she's in the hospital with pneumonia and blood pressure issues so we need to really pray for her his my best friend's wife called me I think it was Friday morning Thursday or Friday morning and was telling me about her going into the hospital her name's Brenda so just remember her in your prayers um, she definitely needs our our prayers. And it was tough for my family this year. My my sisters and I, without our brother, it was kind of tough. I know my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew was struggling because of the loss of their her husband and her, their dad. So just remember our family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come into your house to worship, to praise, to honor your name. Lord, we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll bless in a mighty and a special name. Lord, we ask that you'll touch these needs, Lord. You've heard the ones that you haven't heard, Lord. We ask that you'll specially bless, God. We ask, Lord, that you'll touch our families, our lost loved ones, God. Lord, that you'll anoint my lips as I endeavor to bring forth your message anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. We are back in Sephaniah. We took a little bit of break around Thanksgiving to Christmas talking about what's happening in the Middle East and it's still getting interesting in the Middle East but we are back in Sephaniah. We are in chapter 2. We're going to start back all over with verse 1. I don't think we got very far in chapter 2 anyway. Um, So we're going to just jump right in. Verse 1, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Sephaniah urges the nations to come together to, and to come together for a common cause. Not just to come together, but to come together for a common cause. Because he urges it twice, it's very important, very urgent. Some biblical versions also state, O nation not shamed, meaning the nation had gone so far that it was no longer ashamed of the lifestyle that it had adopted. At this point, Judah was had adopted the lifestyle of those surrounding them, the idol worship and the disobedience to God. Anything went in Judah. Anything went in Israel. We're, we're there in America, too. We're, we could be old nation, not shamed. We're no longer ashamed of our actions and what we stand for. We used to be the light. We used to be the beacon on the hill. We used to be the ones that people tried to emulate. Not anymore. If we follow God, we do what God tells us to do. He's going to give us favor with man. We are losing favor, not because of the idiots that we're putting into office, but because we are walking away from God. And God is removing that favor, removing that, that healthy fear, if you will, of the United States from the rest of the world because we are disobeying God. God's removing that that favor of us or for us and he's replacing it or having it replaced with content, or contentment. Excuse me. I'll get it out in a minute. He's replaced it with all the ugly feelings, all of the anger, all of the jealousy, all of the envy. We are no longer emulated. We are being mocked and put to shame it's not because of joe biden it's not because of donald trump it's because we walked away from god god has clearly told us in his word that if we would actually come to him he would give us favor with man we're no longer with god verse 2 before the decree bring forth before the day passes the chaff before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Before it was too late, Zephaniah urged the country to come to God. Now, being an old mountain boy, I've never threshed wheat, but I understand the process of threshing wheat. They used to take the wheat and they would beat it on the ground or they'd beat it on a post and that would not the seeds and all of the not seeds, the chaff, the bad stuff, the worthless stuff. It would knock it all down. Then they would take a pitchfork or a shovel or something, they'd scoop it up and they'd throw it in the air. The wheat would fall, the chaff would float away because it's lighter. That's the, that's the separating of the wheat from the chaff, the tares, from the wheat. The tares was the weeds, the briars. They would separate it. It's a violent, really it's a violent process. You have to beat it and then you have to throw it around. God is separating the chaff from the wheat. He's separating the tares from the wheat. He's separating the good from the bad, the the goats from the sheep, however you wanna say it. God is separating. Look around, prior to the pandemic, a lot of churches was full. After the pandemic, churches are shutting down because they don't have one, either a pastor or they don't have a congregation. Sunday school's fallen off since the pandemic has been declared officially over. So before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before it turns bad, before it turns rotten, before it turns to the ugly, Before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, before it's too late, Zephaniah's urging the country to come to God. The phrases following before were relating and is related to the coming of the Lord and his judgment on all sinners. So, from here on out, or from that verse, we're going to see before the day of the Lord's anger, that is the future coming of God, before he comes back. We've got time right now. It's ugly, yes, it's terrible, yes, but we've got time right now. After he comes back, during, whenever that is, some people believe it's going to be before the rapture, or before the the tribulation. Some people believe it's going to be in the middle of the tribulation. Some people believe it's going to be after the tribulation. People will still be able to be saved during the tribulation. But it's going to be a lot harder to do than it is now. So right now we have time. Let's turn back to God. He's telling Judah that, but he is also looking into the future, telling us in America that. Before God comes back. Good morning, sister. How are you today? I'm here. Uh, yes I you had are. to get
0: I had to get Pastor Jason to pray for my leg. I'm sorry. Huh. Tell you. The other day I I couldn't well actually for two days I hadn't been able to to walk on it too much.
1: Mm-hmm, I'm sorry. It's been
0: swelled up. And
1: I've got a pocket knife. If you want me to cut your leg off, no, you wouldn't. Ha- you wouldn't swell then, sister.
0: Yeah, but I, I couldn't walk damn Period.
1: Well, it would. What your leg wouldn't swell, that's a given. If I cut it off,
0: well, that's true. But <laughs> <laughs> you're <a suck. laughs> Here, I got some for you. Okay,
1: we're gonna we're gonna continue in Zephaniah, but we will pray for you right before we we. Uh, Cut through or get through with Sunday school, okay? Okay. Remind me. You do you need a book? You yeah. need a book.
0: I I don't know what I did with mine.
1: Of uh, uh, course not. When well, that's not yet.
0: Christmas stuff. Things scattered everywhere.
1: Oh, no, tell me about it. Well, I had another with your sister. I promise you. I will. Ah, I told you I did. <laughs> I didn't want and to. I
0: promise I won't lose this
1: one. Okay, the second one I'm handing you, that first one is what we're doing now. Okay. We're in chapter 2. The second one is what we've been doing the past several weeks. Okay. All right, chapter 2, verse 3. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment.
0: What page is
1: that? Uh, I've got 8 of 14, but it may not be. Okay. And the reason, I printed those off of my computer. I didn't send them to the printer. And sometimes the page it. numbers gets confused for some strange reason. I've never figured that out. I send it to the printers to print up mass volumes. And it prints off all of them perfect. But if I print it off of mine, sometimes the the page numbers gets confused. Y'all don't understand it. Can't understand it. But, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be, ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Again, talking about the future coming of God, all right? Mm -hmm. Not right now. We've still got time right now. However, he says, seek ye the Lord all ye meek. Well, in Matthew 5 and 5, it says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Zephaniah is looking forward into time, and he hears Christ on the mountain with the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are the blessed. Blessed are this, blessed are that. Blessed are the, well, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger if we are meek now what is meekness meekness is not weakness meekness is mild meekness is humble meekness is gratitude i was told by someone and i won't put out their name on on broadcast but you can be according to this person you can be too meek you can be too humble no you can't you cannot be too meek you cannot be too humble Yeah, you should be proud of your accomplishments, but I don't need to really know about your accomplishments, just as you don't need to know about my accomplishments. Yes, we've all accomplished things in our life. We have. We've all done good things. We've all done bad things. Uh I don't need to know either one, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, I'll sit down and talk to you about it. I have no problem with that. But if you're coming to me bragging about what you have done, you're not meek. Right. I've learned a, a long time ago that I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of I've got self-pride. If I didn't, I wouldn't act the way I do. I wouldn't walk the way I walk. I, won't, I wouldn't treat people the way I treat people. You can't be too humble. You can't be too meek. But meek does not mean that you're being walked on. You've got to be able to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to say no on occasion. Right. There are times when you've got to step back and take care of you. Mm-hmm. You can go, 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 go. Pastors have a real problem with this. Now, our, pro- our pastor knows how to, I don't want to say work the system, but our pastor understands that he needs time by himself as well as time for his family. Mm-hmm. But his blood family, not just his church family, but his wife and his children, within uh-huh. the church. Our pa- and I, I love our pastor. Y'all know that, you should know that.
0: Mm-hmm. He, I love him too.
1: He's got it right. You can't just keep going and going and going and going and going for the church. It will wear you out. You will burn out. You will. Right. And that's what's happening in a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. Pastors are burning themselves out because they think they have to be everything to everybody. It's not supposed to be that way. And people get upset when the pastor says, no, I'm not going to be there or no, I can't be there. He's got a life outside of this church. Oh, I know. So we've got to understand that a lot of times he can't. But see, that's why churches have council members. That's why churches have deacons or elders, or we call them the council here at this church, is so that when the pastor can't be there, he can reach out to one of the council and say, hey, could you go and do so-and-so? Sure, not a problem. Pastors have got to have that support system. And if the council can't do it, then he reaches down to some of the congregation. Now, I'm sister, if you don't mind, I'm going to use you as an example. You okay. come to me last year and you said, hey, I want you to be there for me to pray. And I said, not a problem. Right. And I showed up. Mm-hmm. The pastor wasn't able to make those trips. No,
0: because he was up in Virginia.
1: He was in Virginia. So I went in his place.
0: I know. All
1: right. That's the way it's supposed to work. He doesn't have to be there for every little thing. Right. Now, when he first took over as our pastor, me and him had a little conversation. I wanted to get to know him better. I knew his family, but I wanted to get to know him better. And I asked him, I said, what is it that you need? And he told me, and I said, okay, I'll be happy to help you do that but he mentioned the fact that he wasn't, and you'll hear him every once in a while throw this comment out, that he wasn't gonna be able to make it to all of the hospital visits if it was non-life threatening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, that's, un, that's understandable, but I didn't tell him then that if I got a hangnail, I expected him to be there. <laughs> and every once in a while, he throws that into a sermon. I'm I said, yeah. Uh, somebody in here wants me there for even nails. That was me. And that was you know, <laughs> me and him. But the pastor don't have to be there for all of these events. And I do he can't be there I, for all of these events. And I do One appreciate it
0: when you came to the hospital when they operated on me for cancel.
1: Not a problem. And I'll be there for you, but you see the pastor wasn't able to. I know so he reached down to the council. Exactly. That's the way it's supposed to work. Now mm-hmm. I loved my father-in-law. I did. My father-in-law passed away multiple years ago. But he ran himself ragged. He tried to be at every event, every time a, a child or a person went to the. He came to the emergency room when I broke my wrist. It's not life threatening. Why are you even here? Well, your, your family. Well, I was his son-in-law, yeah, sure. And we, I called him dad, he called me son. Okay, but it wasn't life-threatening. He didn't need to be there. Right. So you've got to, you've got to take care of you uh-huh. as well as try to take care of everybody else. But who's, who's first? You are. Mm -hmm. You are. So don't get mad at somebody in the church when they say, I'm sorry, I can't be there. It's life. Life gets in the way.
0: Exactly.
1: You cannot be too humble, though. Sorry. No problem, sister. Come on in. Come on in. Good
0: morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning.
1: I printed off Sephaniah, but I've had to give them both away. So sister, if you don't mind, when you get through with with today, if you will give her, and I'll bring you a copy uh, the next time we're together, Wednesday or thir- uh, Sunday.
0: Certainly. OK. Sure. You, mm-hmm.
1: So you, can, you cannot be too humble. But again, you've got to be proud of your accomplishments. But I don't need to know about them. If you want to tell me, that's fine. I don't consider that bragging. A lot of people do. But I don't need to hear about it. Unless you just want to share, right? That's what I try to impress upon this individual. Oh, I that,
0: need to ask you something.
1: Certainly. No. Do, the answer is no. Go ahead.
0: Do, do you do you think when I tell you about me doing this Bible?
1: No, that's not right. Do you
0: think I'm brave? No,
1: I do not. That is acceptable. What I'm what I'm trying to say is, okay, if I stopped and helped somebody on the way here to fix a flat tire. Oh. You guys don't need to know that. Oh yeah, look at me! I patted myself on the back because oh, I stopped and helped somebody pick, fix a flat tire on the way to church. Oh, look at me! Look at me! Look at me! That's bragging.
0: Oh okay. What?
1: Look at me! I've done this. Look at me! I've got a, a raise at work. Look at me! I've. I y'all.
0: just I just wanted to know because the because the devil was messing no. with my mind and said, "Yeah, you're bragging about that."
1: No, you're not. You're you're you and I are talking about it. There is a difference between communication and talking and bragging. If I'm doing something, I'm trying to think of it. I'll I'll give you a good example. I just, a couple of years ago, graduated with a college degree, okay? And this is, that's fact. I graduated with a college degree. But if I come in here and tell you that I made a 4.0 GPA on my college degree, that's bragging. Oh, okay look at me, I've got this college degree and I made a 4.0, that's bragging.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Or listen to me, I'm the college educated well, one, not you. That's bragging.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, be humble. Yes, I did graduate with a college degree a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Big deal. You know what that gave me? It gave me extra toilet paper during the pandemic.
0: <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Because that's about all that papers really were when you think about it. Yeah. And, that, and it was so funny, I graduated, I think it was in 2018, and somebody was like, oh, wow, you got a degree. Yeah, I got extra toilet paper if we ever have a shortage. Well, in 2020, we had the shortage. I know. And those words came back to haunt me multiple times. Like, uh, I'm nearly <laughs> out of toilet paper, should I use the degree? Uh, you guys don't need to know about my degree. You don't. Right. That would be bragging. Oh, okay. But now I'm happy I'm, a con, I'm I'm satisfied and I'm proud that I was able to do that mm-hmm. My wife is the only one that should know about this or here's an even a better Christian example. I'm fasting today. I'm not going to eat anything because I'm fasting. You're bragging about fasting. Bless you No you're supposed to do that in a secret. Exactly. The only person that needs to know other than you and God is the cook. That's the only person that needs to know. Mm -hmm. Well, what if your friends call you out and say, hey, let's go out to dinner. Do you quit the fast? No. I'm sorry. I'm busy right now. Or I'm sorry. I can't come today, but I'll come next week. They don't need to know your fasting is the reason why you can't go out to dinner. Well, I'm fasting, I'm, I'm getting closer to God now, and I can't come to your silly little dinner. Stupid. Right. Just, I'm sorry, I can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. I'll catch you on another later. Okay, fine, click. The only person other than you and God that needs to know you're fasting is your cook. If your spouse is cooking for you, don't cook as much, I'm not eating today. really that's all you need to tell them Mm. they don't need to know now if you're cooking your own meal well you don't have to tell yourself you already know (laughs) that you're fasting okay (laughs) (laughs) or you come into church because you are fasting and you're well I'm hungry I ain't ate nothing in days I don't need to know this my next question is well are you sick no well, I'm sorry, but do you have food at the house? Do I need to provide you with some food? No. Okay. But if you come in all mad and salt and looking, and, and I'm going to know something, and you're actually doing that in a bragging kind of a way to mm-hmm. draw attention to yourself, to draw attention to yourself, it's not about us. It's that's, all about Christ.
0: That's kind of like the, you know, when the when the uh, the Pharisee and uh, the publican went to pray, mm-hmm. and, the, and the Pharisee was bragging about him fasting and doing all this and stuff. And
1: I don't do these other things like this one does.
0: Exactly. And the, no, you do and other the publican smote his breast, and he wouldn't even look toward heaven. Yeah. And he said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner.
1: Mm-hmm. Who was more humble? The sinner.
0: Yeah, he was. But in
1: that respect, who became the sinner? The Pharisee. See because of the way he was acting. Right. I'm not perfect. I know that's going to come as a surprise to you, Lynn. I know that me saying that I'm not perfect surprises you. But Lynn and I have a unique relationship, and I love picking on her. But I'm not perfect. And if I'm doing something that brings attention to me, it's not worth it. Because that's all I'm going to get is the attention. But if I'm doing something to get closer to God, then, yeah, it's going to be worth it. Now, if you want to tell me that you're reading your Bible every day, but you have a question, sure. Let's lay it on me. But remember, you have to have the answer to your question. Because if you ask me a question, you better be able to answer it yourself. You're not gonna fool me that way. Right. All right. I don't I don't want to be fooled. I don't want to not know something. Brother, how are you today? Well, how are you? I can't complain. Good. Getting back to the lesson that we got I got sidetracked on anyway. The prophet urges those that, that are Christians to continue in following the Lord. Those that follow God seek after righteousness and humility. First, there has to be a sincere relationship with Christ, and then the rest follows that. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with humility. All of that that I just said about being meek and, you know, you can be humble, you, don't, you can't be too humble. All of that was directed towards me because I am arrogant, pompous, and conceited, and I know that, but unfortunately, those are my good points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but those are my good points. My mother once told me, she said, Robert, you're the most, I'm the baby of six, okay? You're the most arrogant, pompous, and conceited child I've ever, I raised. I said, Mom, I'll, con- I'll go along with conceited or I'll go along with arrogance and I'll go along with pompous. I'm not conceited. She said, really? You don't think you're conceited? I said, no, I don't. I looked up that word in the dictionary, and it means when you think you're great. Well, I know I'm great, so therefore I'm not conceited. She said, my point has been proven, Robert. She was not saying it as a joke. She was telling me honestly, as only a mother can do, Son, you need to work on this." And it really, it, it reverberated in me and I realized that I am arrogant. I realized that I'm pompous. I realized I'm conceited. And I am working on it. You know, when, when you and I was talking about smoking cigarettes earlier and I said, I've never smoked, I would understand it to be hard. Even harder is getting over arrogance, pompous, and conceit. Okay, getting your spirit humble is harder than anything I've ever had to do in my life, and I'm still working on it. I will go to my grave working on it. Okay, I'm I'm being honest. I am pompous, I am arrogant. And it irritates me when I meet somebody that's more arrogant than me. (laughs) (laughs) That bothers me. I'm like, dog, somebody's got me. And I'll tell my manager we'll get off a phone call or a meeting or whatever, and she'll get in touch with me. Well, what'd you think, uh, boy? That one was arrogant, more arrogant than me. And she's like, "That's <laughs> odd." <laughs> but how does that make
0: you feel though, in terms of knowing that someone has one upped you? So oh, it either takes the devil
1: out of me. That's where the conceit comes in because I am not number one anymore. Right. Somebody else, and, and you know, you shouldn't strive to be the most arrogant. You shouldn't strive to be the most pompous in the room. How
0: about your son, Bobby? Is he more arrogant than you?
1: Uh, At times, yes. (laughs) At times, he's uh, more humble than I am. Oh, okay. Uh, But in my son's case, the military training kicks in a lot of times, and he knows that he's capable of doing all of these things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And my son is a genius. There's no question about it. My daughter is a genius. There's no question about it. So. Yeah, at times they were... Probably Christine is more humble than my son, is. Yes, oh, okay. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I know Christine is a sweetheart.
1: I think so, but I'm prejudiced. Well, biased in my You know I love her. But, you know, when, when somebody is more arrogant than me, it irritates me. I'm like, shoot, I need to kick up the game. <laughs> but what I should be saying is... Okay, I recognize their arrogance. Somebody told me you recognize the faults of others because you have those same faults yourself. So when I recognize someone's arrogant, I have to check myself and get my arrogance under control. And that is very, very difficult. And it's probably one of the few times that I actually accuse my environment and my genealogy on it. Because I am a sap male, and sap males, where I come from, are known to be arrogant, pompous, and conceited. So, yeah, I'm just carrying on the family tradition.
0: Up in, he's from Tennessee,
1: yeah. And so, we, and, and and
0: I, you know what I'm going to say? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, how about talking a little Tennesseean right now?
1: Okay, let me let me tell you this. We're we're at the hospital. Okay, with this young lady right here. And that's her request. Talk some Tennessean to me. Not pray for me. Not, you know, hold my hand or whatever. Oh, not anoint me with holy oil. Talk Tennessean to me. (laughs) I don't know what she's talking about. I I really don't. I don't have a Tennessean accent. I don't even have an accent. It's all of you that do, okay? Mm -hmm. Not me. I don't have an accent. I was in New York one time, and they actually looked at me and said, you're from Tennessee. All right. <laughs> yep. How did you get that? Well, the way you talk. But I don't understand why in the world this young over here thinks that I can talk Tennessean. I just don't understand it. See? Because <laughs> cause I, I, I just, I, I swan, I don't understand it.
0: That, that helped me through that surgery <laughs> right wow. there. <laughs>
1: it did. The and only thing she asked, though, is I come in and act like a hillbilly. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but but I did have him to pray for me, mm-hmm. and then then when I, before I left, he he told me to see brother Robert and myself. We are Star Trek fans, mm-hmm. the original, mm-hmm. and so he he told me to live long and prosper. Mm-hmm. before I went in there to be operated on,
1: and I've told you that that is actually a Jewish.
0: Sign, yes, it is. Leonard
1: Nimoy was Jewish. Right. And this is a Jewish, part of a Jewish blessing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, I can't do it real well anymore, especially. But uh, we've got to learn to be our to be meek mm-hmm. and to be humble. Mm-hmm. We've also got to learn not to let the world walk on us. Yep. True. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to be a doormat. It does say that we are to be meek and out right. Christ was the meekest, mildest person. Moses was considered to be very meek. When you go back and you study and you read, Job was considered to be a meek and mild person. But Christ took the whip and cleaned out the temple twice. Mm -hmm. Moses killed the Egyptian. Right. So how do you justify, how do you reconcile being meek and mild but clearing out the temple. Christ didn't let anybody walk on him. He didn't get physical. He responded spiritually. And he responded with the word. You have to learn the word to be able to respond that way. If you've ever read it, it's there. Uh If you've ever read it, and you don't have to worry about what to say, God will give you that knowledge. God will give you that word to say when you need it. You don't have to worry about it. I've known ministers, preachers, that was arrogant in their religious knowledge. Well, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I am a preacher. I am a Ph.D. in theology. Your Ph.D. in theology means absolutely nothing to me. How about your neology? How about how, how do you pray to God? And I can tell you with your arrogance, you're probably not spending enough time in your prayer closet. Yeah. I'm not spending enough time in my prayer closet. Had an individual that asked me to, uh, to do a funeral for a lady I'd never met. The preacher of one of her daughters told his her daughter, I'm preaching your mom's funeral. I'm preaching your mom's funeral. Not would you let, want me to preach or will you let me preach. I'm preaching your mother's funeral. That's arrogant. It's arrogant when you walk into a church and you expect to be called to the podium when you're not the pastor. That's arrogance. It's arrogant when you when you expect to be called on to pray for the family at family reunions. That's arrogance. Well, I'm a preacher; I should be the one praying. <laughs> I'd rather hear a little kid's prayer uh-huh. than some of the most eloquent speakers I've ever heard. My granddaughter, who's turned who turned 11 today, Caitlin is 11. Golly, where'd the time go? She has a little prayer that says, when she takes her hands, and she'll say, open, shut them, open, shut them. Place them under your chin. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And let this food to us be blessed. Amen. To me, that is a beautiful little prayer. It is. And when I yeah. get a chance and we're sitting around the table or we're getting our food, hey, Caitlin, say your prayer, because I love to hear it. And I will mimic her if I ain't got my hands full. <laughs> because it's just, it's simple.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: from a, from a child. Child's heart. Mm-hmm. Now my, my daughter, when she was really young, we was invited over to a family reunion, a birthday party. And the preacher prayed one of the most beautiful sermons I think I've ever heard. It just kept going and going and going and going. And all at once, my daughter, I had her in my arms. I'm standing next to my father-in-law. And she leans her little head back and she went, amen. (laughs) Preacher got the message and shut up. (laughs) This prayer over this meal lasted for about 10 minutes in the hot sun. I'm sweating profusely. I'm ready to just, you know, get in air conditioner someplace because I'm dying, mm-hmm. and this guy just keeps praying and praying and praying and praying over and over. You don't have to have repetitious words to get God's attention.
0: That's right, you don't.
1: So this little child, Amen, and they, the preacher, Amen, and we got to eat. The food was getting cold by the time the prayer finished. But it was all because he had gotten a chance to speak in front of all these people. And so he was going to do it, and he literally prayed a beautiful sermon. We've got to be careful, though, in our walk with Jesus. We've all, as again, we've all done things. We've all been there. We've got to be careful not to be the braggart, not to be the arrogant, not to be the pompous, not to be the conceited one seek ye the lord all ye meek we've got to learn to be meek and humble prophet urges that are christians to continue in following the lord those that follow god seek after righteousness and humility first there has to be a sincere relationship christ was our example he never ever pointed to himself and he was God in the flesh. Right. He had every right to point to himself. John 1 and 1 tells us that Christ made it all. Well, look at what I've done. I created the heavens and the earth. But he never did say that. Every time he spoke, he was pointing back up to the Father, mm-hmm. to God the Father. Yes. Or, he was... Pointing sideways to God the Holy Spirit. But he never pointed his finger back to us or back to himself. It was always up or over, never to him. Right. And he had every right to. So we've got to learn to give God the glory. Yes. I will celebrate 38 years with Duke, but I shouldn't have that job. God got me that job. Robert didn't. Back when I started with the company, you had to know somebody. I lived in Tennessee. I couldn't have no idea I knew anybody in Duke and didn't know anybody in Duke. God got me that job, not me. It wasn't how great my resume looked, because it was pretty shoddy. still is. God got me that job, because he wanted me here. Uh-huh. Now you know who to blame. Blame God, because I'm <laughs> here, OK? See how that works out for you. Blame my wife, too, she was praying. It was God the Father, not Robert. My wife and I, we've got a wonderful relationship. It's not me or my wife, it's God the Father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've got a wonderful relationship with my kids. It's not me, it's God the Father. It's all him, it's nothing about me. Charles Spurgeon once said, or once was preaching in a, in a service in, in England And somebody had invited this other minister, and I forget who the other minister was, to be honest with you. And when it was all over, they went to that second minister and said, what'd you think? he said, well, I thought I came here to see Charles Spurgeon. What I saw was Christ. Spurgeon disappeared, Christ appeared. That's the way we need to live our life. We need to disappear and show God Verse 4, for Gaza shall be forsaken. Boy, isn't that a case today? For Gaza shall be forsaken. And Ascalon a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod at the noonday, and Ekron shall be rooted up. The Philistines had five major cities, four of which are mentioned here in a narrative describing their downfall. Gath was not mentioned. But in King Uzziah's day, Gath was destroyed and probably had not been restored or recovered by this time. Second Chronicles 26 and verse 6 says, And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabnah and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. These four cities named south to north. Interestingly, in the previous book of Habakkuk, it discusses God coming from Teman, which means the south. So we are naming the, the cities from north or from south to north going as the Israelites went north as God went with the Israelites going north we are naming or Sephaniah is naming the cities from south to north we know some of these cities we know Gaza today uh-huh. Gaza is the Gaza Strip as we would know it that's about where Gaza City was Ashkelon was a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod at the noonday. Ekron shall be rooted up. We see these same cities mentioned in the fall of Saul and Jonathan, King Saul and his son Jonathan, when the Ark of the Covenant got stolen by the Philistines. They sent it to Gath, they sent it to Ashkelon, they sent it over to these other cities. We also see God not destroying the cities at that time, but we see God cursing the cities at that time. And then they sent the ark back into Israel. Verse 5, and we'll stop here. Well, let's, let's just go ahead and stop with 4 because we're going into some other things in verse 5. So in verse, we'll start back next week in verse 5. Any prayer requests other than yours, sister? See, I did remember.
0: uh, Remember Danny uh, on Wednesday when he goes to to have that uh, shot put in his (laughs) arm? Yes. Uh, The appointment is at 2.30 in the afternoon. And then he has another one on the 10th at 2.35.
1: Okay, Wednesday and then the team. We can remember this. Mm -hmm. Anyone else with a prayer request?
0: I have a prayer request um, for the survivors, um, the family of the survivors, of the family that was, uh, I guess, on their way home from vacation and was in a car accident in three generations. Yes. Have you heard about that? I heard about that. Mm -hmm. Three
1: generations gone. It's not easy, and I can say this for a fact: I lost my great uncle, my great aunt, and my grandmother all in the same car wreck. So when you lose three family members like that, Mm -hmm. it's it's huge. And that happened in November of 1986, and it still sticks with me to this day. Mm -hmm. She was my last grandparent, and. One of our co- one of my cousins was driving the other car. One of her other grandsons right. was driving the car that hit her. So, you know, I have four people in my family involved in that wreck. Three of them did not survive. So I can definitely understand what that poor family is going through. And we do need to pray. Thank you for that prayer request. Anyone else? Yes, yeah, brother. I want to And we wonder yeah. if it's coming to America. It's got it's already here. Yeah. It is and, already here. And
0: brother Robert, what? What what was that happened in Greensboro last night?
1: They stopped from what I understand, they stopped an individual and he shot and killed a veteran police officer, a sergeant of the uh, last night yeah, yesterday that was the, the that important. was the blue alert if you oh, ever see a yeah. blue alert that's because a, a law law enforcer or a responder has been injured or killed and he was he was actually killed for that wow. they did catch the individual oh. I believe they, I saw that uh, this morning
0: they did catch
1: so let's remember this family as yes, well yes uh, right here at the holidays Right after Christmas, you lose a family member to violence. Just doing his job, he gets shot and killed. Our law enforcement agents need our prayer. Are there some bad police officers? Yeah, of course. Of course there are. There are good police officers? Yeah, of course they are. So what do we do? We pray for all of them, because we don't know the difference. Are there bad police Preachers? Well yeah, of course there are. But they're good preachers. Yeah. Of course they are. So you pray for all of them. Well when
0: I have one more prayer okay. request. This is for for my cousin Michael. Mm-hmm. He he got bit by a black widow spider mm-hmm. the other day. And it's and he had to go to the emergency room. They had to give him antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, remember Michael Eckert in prayer.
1: Let's remember this let's remember our church yes this is the last day of the new of the old year the new year starts in just a few hours what did we do with christ in 2023 what are we going to do with christ in 2024 it's really the question let's go to the lord in prayer our most kind and gracious heavenly father lord we thank you for this day lord we thank you for your many blessings upon our life lord for allowing us the opportunity once again to come into your house Lord, we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, those that are sick, Lord, with either arthritis, Lord, or other ailments, cancer, God. We ask, Lord, that you'll move and that you'll touch and that you'll heal as only you can. Lord, that you'll lift up those family members that have lost the loved ones, that have loved ones that have passed away or been killed, God. We ask that you'll give the survivors, Lord, the strength to carry on. Lord, that you'll give them the, the strength to also forgive, Lord, in this time. Lord, we know that that that's hard for us to do, but, God, it is through you that forgiveness comes. We also know that without us being able to forgive, we should not expect to be forgiven. Lord, we ask that you'll move, that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll anoint the music and the musicians to be especially pleasing unto your ears this today, And, Lord, that you'll anoint the messenger and give him the message you'd wish him to have. Bless our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Mate.